Hello everyone, welcome to the Lifestyle is Medicine podcast, a weekly podcast on how a healthy lifestyle is medicine. I'm Daniel Cho, Managing Director of Pathways to Wholeness Lifestyle Medicine Center, and I'm here with Dr. George Cho, Medical Director of Pathways to Wholeness and the North York Lifestyle Medicine Clinic in Toronto. Hello everyone. So today we're going to discuss a study out of the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health that's hot off the press and receiving widespread media coverage in the U.S., Canada, and around the world. It was published in the journal Circulation, and the title of the study is Impact of Healthy Lifestyle Factors on Life Expectancies in the U.S. Population. And as the title suggests, it's a study that shows a strong link between between healthy lifestyle factors and longevity. Uh, Dr. Cho, can you succinctly summarize the study for us? Uh, What's the bottom line of the study? What did they look at? What were their key findings? For sure. So so this was a very large study involving uh, large numbers of, of, um, of men and women. So they looked at one study called the Nurses Health Study, which examined 78,000 women, nurses in particular. And in the Nurses Health Study, they followed these women for 34 years, approximately. And then they also got the Health Professionals Follow-Up Study, which looked at men, 44,000 men. And these men were followed for 27 years. And basically, they looked at the lifestyle factors, uh, five lifestyle factors, uh, which were not smoking, having a normal body mass index, which they defined as 18.5 to 24.9. They looked at whether these individuals exercised at least 30 minutes per day of moderate to vigorous intensity physical activity uh, and moderate alcohol intake and then a healthy diet. And what they're doing was they're seeing whether whether adherence to these five lifestyle factors or achieving these five lifestyle factors would uh, impact someone's longevity. And what they, fo- what they found was that compared to those who are not practicing or who are not uh, achieving these lifestyle factors, that those who are, uh, who are um, following these lifestyle factors, they had uh, longer lifespans of nearly a decade longer than those who are not and that their risk of dying from various uh, chronic diseases was much lower. Uh, this included cancer, cardiovascular disease, and even all-cause mortality. Yeah, it was a, it was a massive study. Like you said, uh, thousands of participants. And the, uh, the nurses' health study and uh, the health professionals' follow-up studies are, uh, have been going on for a long time, haven't they? I think it was... Um, in the 1970, um, late 1970s for the nurses' health study. Right. And the health professionals' follow-up was 19, uh, mid-1980s, I believe, is when they started yes, uh, that. The nursing health study was in 1980 to 2014, I believe, and then the health professional study was 1986 to 2014. Mm-hmm. Something around yeah, so, there, yeah. Right. M- but many years, many years of following these people. Right. So yeah. it's a massive study, and... Um, and, and of, of course, it came from Harvard. And um, right. some of the lead authors in the study are really big names in nutrition. I mean, we're, we're talking about Dr. Walter Willett, uh, Dr. Frank Hu. Um, so those are listeners who are familiar with the nutrition area would might recognize those names. So yeah, it's been getting a lot of attention. Um, why do you think uh, that's so? I mean, there's hundreds uh, if not thousands of studies that get published on a monthly basis 
Um, yet it seems that almost every news outlet picked up on this one, and it's all over Twitter, um, and so many people are talking about it. Why do you think that is? Well, I think um, I think this particularly grabs people's attention because um, because you know people want to people want to live longer, right? And not only do they want to live longer, they also want to uh, live longer, healthier, right? So, and this study shows you that uh, by practicing or by achieving these five lifestyle factors, that you can avoid getting chronic diseases, and you can live longer. And these these added years are better years. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons why this study grabbed a lot of attention. And another, I think another reason is stated by the authors themselves in the study. In the abstract, they mention how Amer- the, in America, uh, even though uh, America is the wealthiest nation on earth, that when they compare America to other well-off countries, that America has a lower or a shorter life expectancy. Mm. Right? But then they conclude in the study that by by achieving these five lifestyle factors, that uh, they can actually start matching the last the uh, lifespan of other countries that are more well off. So, uh, I think that's all. That's I think that's another reason why this study got a lot of attention. One thing that really caught my attention was something the authors said at the beginning of the study. Um, they write, however, the U.S. healthcare system has focused primarily on drug discoveries and disease treatment rather than prevention. So I'm quoting. Uh, chronic diseases such as cardiovascular disease and cancer are the common, commonest and costliest of all health problems, but are largely preventable. It has been widely acknowledged that unhealthy lifestyles are major risk factors for various chronic diseases and premature death. I think they've really hit the nail on the head here. We in the medical community are so often focused on drugs and treating the disease with uh, drugs when in fact... The root issues are lifestyle related, and I think that this study really bears that out. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. Uh, we focus too much right now on band aid solutions and not addressing the root causes. Um, it's not to say that medication stuff like that aren't important or addressing some of the uh, symptoms uh, aren't important. They are, but I think one of the reasons why we're failing people in many ways is because we aren't addressing the root causes and we know that a lot of the root causes of our, the common chronic diseases of today are related to how we eat, um, mm. how we move, uh, our, our alcohol intake, smoking and these things. So I think this study is really important because it bears out how important these simple lifestyle factors really are. Uh, especially when it comes to longevity and reducing the risk of dying from these chronic diseases, so mm-hmm. I think uh, I think this is this is why this is really important, and uh, it it t- it reinforces why addressing the root cause is really important pre- for prevention of these uh, chronic diseases like cardiovascular disease and cancer. Right. Now let's uh let's dive deeper into the study, um, and before we look at the um, the uh, the uh, look more closely at the findings. One thing that stood out to me was um, some of the baseline data. And uh, if you look at the baseline data, and uh, for our listeners, we will include a link to the study on the podcast page so you can go directly and read it for yourself. 
Um, but if you look at the baseline data, I noticed how few of the study participants adhered to the healthy lifestyle factors. So, for example, mm-hmm. if my calculations are correct, uh, only a little over 1% of study participants from the nurse's health study and the health professional's follow-up study adhere to all five healthy lifestyle factors. Mm-hmm. And right. less than 10% of participants approximately adhere to four of the healthy lifestyle factors. Uh-huh. Now, conversely, uh, somewhere between 64% to 70%, I think uh, 64% was in the nurse's health study and 70% was in the uh, health professional's follow-up study uh, around there. And if I did my math correctly, uh, yeah, 64% to 70% adhere to only two or less of the healthy lifestyle factors. Uh-huh. Now, these studies were you know, started in the in the uh, early 80s, mid-80s, in middle to older adults. Um, but that's very few people who are practicing these, what, you know, what most of us, most of us would probably acknowledge are pretty simple lifestyle, you know, factors or behaviors. What's your sense uh, now? Do you think that more people now adhere to more of these healthy lifestyle factors? Yeah, well, yeah, I know those uh, numbers are kind of discouraging. Um, but I, unfortunately, I don't think that the ad- the adherence to these lifestyle factors has increased. Um, maybe, maybe in the realm of smoking, I think uh, the data shows that smoking rates are going down here in North America. So I think that's right. a positive. But mm. let's let's take for instance BMI. So in this study, mm. they um, one of the factors was to maintain a healthy BMI, a normal BMI, which was uh, 18.5 to 24.9. Well, we know that the average weight and the levels of obesity and excess weight has been increasing over the years. So uh, and that, I think, also is also indicated that our diet is probably not optimal and our physical activity behavior is also not optimal either. Um, mm-hmm. I don't imagine more people are actually exercising 30 minutes per day. Uh, mm. I, I would say that even less are doing that. So I think uh, the numbers, if we were to uh, look at the numbers of population today, I think it would be even less. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's, uh, so I think that bears out that we have a lot of work to do when it comes to promoting a healthy lifestyle and empowering people to uh, start practicing these different behaviors and achieving a normal weight and things like that that's going to help them so mm-hmm. there's a lot to a lot of work to be done for sure and i think studies like this helps yeah. in the in the battle to uh, help people to realize how important these things really are yeah for sure and i think that there are um, there have been studies to show that obesity really took off in the past three decades so um right. like since the 1980s um um it really that's when it really started to take off so uh, so yeah if we consider that one um then and how, so how many people are have excess weight in our in our populations why well, isn't it something like two-thirds of americans are right have some sort of excess weight and i yeah, think canada, canada it might be, be too a, far off too right right i think it's a yeah. bit less but you know not not too different so the um the study estimated that following all five healthy lifestyle factors could prolong life at age 50 by 14 years for women and 12.2 years for men Uh, that comes out 
to a life expectancy around 93 for women, 93, and 87 right. for men. That's more than a full decade of,、uh, of life. And、uh, I imagine,、um, you know, what we could accomplish and contribute to the world with another、uh, decade of life. And wouldn't it be likely that these additional years would be of better quality as well? And if you're following these five lifestyle factors, well, I, I totally agree. I think、uh, not only are, you, are people adding years to their life, but these, these undoubtedly are higher quality years.、Um, we know that diet, for instance, has a huge influence on the risk for cardiovascular disease,、uh, even cancer. Um, smoking and alcohol have a part as well, physical activity. So, if people are practicing these behaviors, they're not going to, first of all, they're going to lower the chance of even getting these diseases in the first place. So, these are going to be higher quality years.、Um, and even after people get these conditions, the studies that are coming out that are practicing a lot of these same behaviors and、uh, achieving a normal weight and things that can also help kind of reverse the. The course of many of these chronic diseases. So, I would imagine that those who are achieving these lifestyle factors, that their lives, these extra added years, are going to be higher quality years as well. So,、mm-hmm. I think、uh, it, I think that's, that's great news for people who are listening, who may、mm-hmm. have loved ones or who may themselves are、um, struggling with these different、um, chronic diseases.、Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important point because. We know that life expectancy has been going up,、uh, especially if you compare it to, say, like the early 1900s, right, where many people、um, died early because of you know, infectious diseases.、Um, so, our life expectancy has been going up, but many of those years are, you know, are、um, spent you know, fighting a chronic disease, right? And you know, our,、right. our improved ability to treat these diseases, you know, it's good, but they're, you know, It, we're prolonging life, but they're not really good quality years. But if we follow these five healthy lifestyle、um, habits, it seems that you know, these extra years, if you will, would be better quality ones. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if, if you have to take drugs all the time, if you have to、mm-hmm. make repeated visits to the, to the cardiologist or Yeah, some, there's some people who go through multiple bypass surgeries. I mean, these, these,、uh, this, is not, uh, this is not an example of a high quality life if you're going through all this, right? And, but people can really take encouragement from the fact that、uh, these diseases are reversible in many cases and also avoidable as well. So,、uh, these are very, this is very encouraging news for people、uh, who may be struggling with these conditions. And Dale, you know, I want to kind of、um, make sure that it's clear to the listeners. You had said that the study showed that following the five lasso behavior or factors could prolong life at age 50 by 14 years for women and 12.2 years for men. And this, and I want our listeners to be,、uh, to be clear that these are 14 years beyond those、uh, added to the, the years that people would expect to live who are not practicing those behaviors. So, right. At、uh, life expectancy at age 50,、um, for those who are not practicing none of the behaviors or who are achieving none of the factors, 
was 29 years after after the age of 50 so that's 79 mm-hmm. years in total mm-hmm. for men it was 25.5 years so a life expectancy is around 75.5 if they're if they're achieving none of the lifestyle behaviors mm-hmm. what this study showed was that for those who are practicing all those behaviors or practicing or achieving all the lifestyle factors their life expectancy is about a decade longer than what would be expected if they were not practicing those or achieving those lifestyle factors now uh one of the major findings in the study was uh about something called the population attributable risk of not adhe- not adherence to the five lifestyle factors um so that's kind of a a very uh, statistical term Can you share with us what that means and the the numbers what they actually found related to uh this uh, population attributable risk. So population attributable risk refers to the percentage of a certain condition that you can eliminate if you eliminated a certain factor or certain behavior. So for instance, an example we can give is um if you eliminate uh smoking entirely amongst women then what percentage of lung cancers amongst women can we get rid of mm, right okay so that's that's population attribute attributable risk so in this study they looked at the population attributable risk of eliminating the non-practice or the non-adherence to these five lifestyle factors Mm, okay got right, so like you had mentioned before many individuals are not practicing any or not achieving any of the lifestyle factors right. right so if we eliminate that right and and as in we start to get everyone to achieve those factors what percentage of these chronic disease or death from these chronic diseases can we eliminate so what the study found was that if we can get everyone to start uh achieving all five lifestyle factors it would eliminate 60.7% of all of all cause uh deaths so death from any cause all cause mortality it would el- eliminate 51.7% of cancer deaths and get this 71.7% of cardiovascular mortality mm, wow that's amazing so if we can get everyone to start uh, practicing or achieving these lifestyle factors all five of them we can eliminate 71% of deaths from cardiovascular disease wow and on a population level that's massive well, that's 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 thousands of individuals mm-hmm. millions upon millions of dollars of right. of healthcare expenses saved i mean this is these are huge numbers i mean mm-hmm. look and uh, 71% is huge but look at cancer more than half 51% of cancer deaths. Mhm. I mean that's that that to me sounds like a really important and big finding, uh, especially since uh you know I'm sure you know we all and many of our listeners we know somebody who you know maybe passed away from cancer or heart disease. And um but I read somewhere the from um uh from one of these news outlets who reported on the study 
um, they quoted uh, Dr. Dexter Sherney, who is the current president-elect of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. Um, and and uh, Dr. Cho and I were both members of ACLM. Um, he made a rather curious statement. He he's apparently he he said that the study findings are not groundbreaking, uh-huh. and uh, almost kind of um, uh, sounds a bit of like a downer statement given you know all the hype around the findings of the study. Uh, what do you think about his statement? Um, uh, or do you agree with them? Or well, you know the word that he used was groundbreaking. I mean, I would agree. Um, if is this is the study significant? I believe yes, because it keeps on adding evidence uh, to the to our conviction that lifestyle, the way that you live your life, is important to health, right? And this study, looking at a very large population sample, followed over many years, uh, coming out of out of a place like Harvard, I think is significant. Right, it's just because it's adding uh, more evidence to uh, to the to the cause of lifestyle medicine. However, I agree that it's not groundbreaking. We have we've had studies before the Adventist Health studies and other studies that are looking at that have looked at longevity and have shown very clearly that lifestyle, the way we eat, the way we exercise, and other things like that. Are very important, so it's not groundbreaking for sure. So I would agree with Doctor uh, Doctor Sherney there. I, I think mm. it's significant, but maybe not groundbreaking. So what I think is that um, what what this study shows is that how long the like how much more uh, the greater the life expectancy is if you follow these healthy lifestyle habits. For so, sure, yeah, yeah, like, and like and over a decade. That's a lot. Exactly, right. And, uh, you know, we didn't mention also the decreased risk of mortality for different mm-hmm. conditions. So right. in this study, I mean, the numbers are the numbers are absolutely stunning. 74% lower risk of mortality from any cause. 74% lower risk of mortality from any cause. 65% lower risk of death from cancer. 65%. Mm-hmm. 82% lower risk of death from cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. So it's wow. not just it's not just extending your life, but it's it's the study is showing that the the risk that you would die from cancer, from cardiovascular disease, from any for from death from any cause, these are going down and not just by twenty percent, ten percent. This is like seventy four percent, sixty five percent, eighty two percent. These are huge numbers. Mm-hmm. So these this is a very significant study. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree, and. Uh, so you know if we you know this podcast is about lifestyle medicine um and so what significance do you think the findings ha- uh, of the study have for the area of lifestyle medicine yeah i think um i mean it's not that lifestyle medicine the field doesn't have enough studies uh, we i think there's so much compelling evidence daniel for uh for us to go out there and with conviction talk about why lifestyle is so important to health and to to the practice of medicine and so forth so it's not that there's a lack of study but this study it just like i said it just adds to the weight of the evidence and i think it adds a lot because of the numbers that were the results from the study the numbers are so high that that it's it's it's, uh, it's so convincing 
how important Lhasa medicine really is to those who want to live longer and lower the risk of dying from various diseases. The study really adds compelling evidence to the to the argument. So mm-hmm. I think that's how it contributes to to lifestyle medicine. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, if I could just add something, I, the authors make a sort of a clarion call. Um, of course, they're not the first ones, um, but uh, they make a clear call for the need to prioritize prevention. Right. Um, they yes. quote. Well, they say here, um, just reading from the study, that prevention should be a top priority for national health policy. Um, and this certainly mm-hmm. aligns with lifestyle medicine because prevention is one of the core principles for of sure, lifestyle yeah. medicine. Prevention is huge for us. Right. I think that one of the most encouraging things about this study is that the five lifestyle factors that were studied are all things that we ourselves can apply. Right. We can right. all choose to eat healthy, um, the to you know stop or you know n- or never stop never start smoking to you know drink alcohol moderately uh, to exercise regular regularly and you know maintain healthy body weight these are all things that you know that are within our power to do um they're not saying that they're easy but you know they're in our power to do and um i think that should be really encouraging for our listeners for For sure yes for sure these are all things that we can do we might need some support in doing different mm-hmm. things or achieving different things, but For sure. I mean, these are within our power. And the beauty, the beauty of all this is that you don't need a prescription, you don't need to go to a hospital, you don't need to go to a clinic, necessary to do many of these things. These things are things that could the individual themselves can do and can achieve, right? right? Even though support right. is maybe necessary in certain cases, but. Uh, really the power is really in the hands of the individual if you want to get a surgery you must go to a hospital right i mean you're not going to do mm-hmm. surgery on yourself uh but exercising hope yeah <laughs> i hope not yes but you know exercising eating healthier right eating more fruits and vegetables eating less refined sugar um you know not smoking um alcohol moderating our alcohol use these are all things that we can do so I think it's really, really, um, really important for people to realize that it really puts the power in the hands of the individual to take their health into their into their own hands, into their mm-hmm. own control. So that's really important. Yeah, and that's for me. That's one of the, one of the things I really love about lifestyle medicine. It empowers uh, the people you right. know, with just uh, with the right information, uh, a bit of education, uh, and maybe with some support. You know, we can really take. Uh, our health in our own hands and uh, that's i think that's just amazing and you know um daniel i know that we have a podcast that's coming up but uh you know in north america there are there is uh, a population group that's actually practicing or achieving all five factors right and it's called a it's called a blue zone um and uh so they're actually an example of a population group right here in North America that are achieving these lifestyle factors. And as a result, studies have shown uh, that they are actually living longer than even the Japanese and the mm-hmm. average Americans. So I think, and I know we'll probably hit on that topic in later podcasts, but just want our listeners to know that we'll be covering 
a population grew right here in North America. They're achieving these lifestyle factors and living longer and living better because of it. And this should be encouraging to us to realize that, you know, it can be done, right? North America is not a lost cause. You know, it, it can be achieved <laughs> even yeah. here in North America. So Right. Yeah, definitely. We have a podcast coming up about that. And uh, they're actually one of the longest living people in the, people groups in the world. That's right. Even longer, yeah. like I said, than the Japanese, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. who are generally seen as as a... <laughs> as those who live the longest, right? But these individuals living in Loma Linda, California, they're living longer than even them. So right. on average, you know. Yes, of course. Yeah, and uh, just for our listeners, uh, by Blue Zone, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but by Blue Zones, it's referring to a, a certain area where with very high percentages of centenarians, people who live up to 100 years old. That's and, right. And uh, this... Yeah, it's it's really remarkable in North America with our, you know, very um, uh, uh, unhealthy food environment, um, very uh, an environment that promotes sedentary lifestyles, uh, pollution, what have you. We have one of the longest living people groups in the world, That's and they right. practice, generally speaking, um, all five of these uh, lifestyle factors. They don't smoke. That's right. It's, it's very discouraged. Alcohol is also discouraged. They right. uh, eat generally plant-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are gen- generally trim. Um, and uh, um, what, what was the fifth one again? The last one? The Not smoking? Yes, right. Well, smoking. Yeah. I think we covered that. And exercise, right. They, exercise, they, that's right. They yeah. exercise is promoted as well. So, so yeah, we'll, we have a, a podcast episode coming up about that. And um, why don't we close off this episode by just uh, just uh, a few tips on each of the five lifestyle factors. Sure, um, sure. So let's start with uh, healthy eating. So what, what should our listeners focus on when we think about healthy eating to promote longevity? For sure, yeah. I mean, uh, we could have a whole podcast on healthy eating and multiple episodes. But, you know, I think a general rule of thumb is to eat whole foods, plant-based. Mm-hmm. Right, so a, a a vegan vegetarian diet that's focused on whole foods, uh, low amounts of animal foods or none, if at all, and I think this is really important for our listeners to eat, uh, to eliminate or eat or to or reduce the amount of refined foods. Hmm. So this is foods that are made in factories that comes in packages. You want to you want to get the raw nutrients and transform them yourself by by cooking at home, and uh, eating that way. I think that's much better than eating pre cooked, pre made foods from the factory. So I think that's another factor. Um, I think so. I think those are general rules of thumb uh, to start on a path to eating healthier. And uh, how about exercise? Exercise is really important. Uh, if we look at the Canadian physical, acti- physical activity guidelines, the basic guideline for adults is 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous aerobic phys- physical activity. So this is aerobic. So this is things that get the heart beating, mm-hmm. right? And um, it's enough. It, it's intense enough for you to breathe a little bit harder or be out of breath and to sweat a little bit or to sweat a lot. So that's kind of a general rule of thumb for people. And to just give people a gauge, 
brisk walking would be considered moderate, whereas mm. jogging would be considered vigorous. Yeah, you don't have to you don't have to run marathons, do the tough mm. mutter. You don't have to do <laughs> this kind of stuff. It's yeah, you know, twenty uh, minutes of some of exercise or activity that gets your heart going, breathing a little bit harder and making you sweat a little bit. So that's mm. what we're kind of looking at here. And uh, how about uh, maintaining a healthy body weight? Again, this is a huge topic that can that can take up a whole episode, multiple episodes. But uh, what we're looking at here is achieving a healthy BMI. So in this study, they were looking at eighteen point five to twenty four point nine. Uh, individuals can go on Google and put in BMI calculator to calculate their BMI, which uh, is a me- is factors in two things: your weight and your height. And basically, it talks about. It's a measure of, you know, for your height, are you at a normal weight, right? And um, so you want to achieve or aim for a healthy, normal BMI. And, you know, some rules of thumb in terms of achieving weight, a healthy weight is to first focus on the way you're eating. Uh, A lot of people, they don't want to change the way they eat, so they start exercising. Well, you can never outrun a bad diet. That's just Mm -hmm. a fact. No, mm. if you're eating bad, don't think you're gonna go outrun that thing, you know. So you have to change your diet first, and a whole foods, plant-based diet, low on refined sugar, refined carbs, uh, low on the junk food. That is your best chance of mm. try to uh, of achieving a normal weight. Eating a large breakfast, very small dinner, uh, eating at regular times, not snacking in between meals. These are some very simple tips for people to start on a course of starting to shed some of those pounds. And lastly, how about uh, tobacco and alcohol? So for smoking, you know, the uh, in this study, they said um, uh, they mentioned how it's better not to smoke, never smoking, right? So I think that would be the the recommendation I have for for people is to not start smoking at all. For those who are struggling or who want to quit smoking, there are great programs out there and resources out there. I'll definitely speak to your medical doctor, but um, Mm -hmm. one program that does come to mind is the Breathe Free program. I believe they have a Breathe Free number two now that's out, and um, it's a a program that helps individuals stop smoking, and it's out of Loma Linda University from uh, from there in California, and uh, I think that's a great program that I could recommend for individuals who want to quit smoking. But obviously the best thing to do is to not not start at all. Mm. Regarding alcohol, um, you know, it says a moderate alcohol. That's the word that's used. Uh, that's, the, that's the phrase that's used in the study. I, I think our listeners have to be very, um, it's, it's, it's important to emphasize to our listeners that this doesn't mean that you should start drinking moderately if you're not drinking. Mm. Right, so that mm. this guideline is for those who might be drinking too much and saying, "Hey, if you're drinking too much, cut cut back." Right, mm. it's not mm. to say if you're not if you're not drinking, then you should start drinking to get at a moderate level. No, there's no single guideline out there that says to tell people who are not drinking to start drinking. None. So, uh, so I think that's really important. I believe that the best thing is to do is to abstain from alcohol. Uh, completely is not a necessary component of your diet and all the benefits of that people can get from alcohol 
when it comes to your heart and these other things, you can you can achieve through eating a whole foods, plant based diet. So my recommendation to individuals is to not start drinking at all. If people are already drinking, to achieve at least a moderate level, which is no more than one drink for women per day, and no more than two drinks per day for men, but also strongly consider just completely eliminating alcohol from from your from your dietary patterns. So, I think that that would be my recommendation to individuals. If people people have an alcohol problem, as in, you know, there's some addiction. Uh, things like that, then they really should seek more higher level medical support. Speak mm-hmm. to a health professional. Well, we'll have to leave it at that for now. Um, so, thank you, Dr. Cho, for taking us through that study. And for our listeners, as I mentioned, we'll be including a link to the study on the podcast page so you can uh, go and read it for yourself. Um, we will also be covering each of these lifestyle factors in greater detail in future episodes. So we hope you will join us for that. Uh, so thank you so much for tuning in today. Please do leave us a review and uh, feel free to share your suggestions with us on what you would like to hear uh, in future episodes. You've been listening to the Lifestyles Medicine Podcast. Hope you'll join us next time.